Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Before we begin today, a quick announcement. On November 10th, there will be a virtual conference put on by the Global DCA, which is the Global Digital Currency Association, entitled Defying Expectations. It's on November 10. It's completely virtual, totally free for all to join. Online registration can be signed up for at global-dca.org forward slash news. The keynote speaker from FTX, the CEO and founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, among many others, speaking at this wonderful event. And the purpose is to help people utilize decentralized finance to help drive institutional performance. Now, without further ado, we'll get into our podcast for the day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you the Crypto Corner, where I interview founders, thought leaders, artists, you name it, across the world in blockchain and crypto. And today I am joined by an amazing guest. He is a world-famous photographer. His name is Peter Hurley. Peter, welcome to the show today. Hey, Jamil. Thanks for having me. I, I can't even believe I'm here because I'm, I'm just a guy with a camera, but now we're talking crypto. It's so cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think it's cool, and I think my audience is going to love uh, this podcast today. So let's kick things off. I usually have the same question, but I'm going to alter yours in a little bit. Um, what is your background, and um, what made you become a world-famous photographer? Well, I it's a, it's a long but cool story, so I'll, I'll try and cut it down. I, I basically, you know, I graduated from college, and I and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was a, like a human physiology major. I was like, I don't want to go down that road. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I grew up sailing, and I was really good at it. So I trained for the Olympic Games. While I was training for the Olympic Games, I got a job modeling for Ralph Lauren because somebody said you're good looking and they want sailors for this job. So you're going to go. And I went and, and I had pictures taken me and then my picture went global in all these magazines. And I became friends with the photographer who was Bruce Weber. And, uh, and then I came to New York and I was like, I have all these pictures. Let me try this modeling thing. I never even thought I could do it. And, um, and I stayed friends with Bruce and then I started modeling and then he just encouraged me to pick up a camera I grabbed a camera, and and while I was modeling, I had also dove into acting a little bit. But I I sucked. I was I think I was a terrible actor. So, but I had gone through this actor's headshot process in New York City, and it was such a big industry. And these these actors needed good headshots. And I had picked up a camera, and I was like, well, my friends are actors. Maybe I'll just start shooting them. And I I was doing the actor model bartender thing, and I was like, I got to get out of this bar but I can't make enough money because I'm not good looking enough with modeling and I'm not talented enough with acting. So I got to stay in the bar 
unless I figure something else out. And I only pick, I really only picked up the camera to get out of the bar and make a extra buck. And it turned into this enormous thing. And I concentrated on headshots. And then I would say now I'm the global leader in headshot photography. I run the largest group of uh, headshot photographers called the headshot crew. We have 18,000 members. And, um, and one of them in particular uh, came to me with this, this idea for an NFT. And that's why I'm here today. Awesome. So what, what bar was that at New York? It was in New York. Yeah. I was bartending at life. If uh, I mean, I'm 50 now, so I'm, well, I'm 51, but this was in the nineties. So life was the hottest club in town. And I was, I was there with, you know, we had like 20 bartenders going at once. It was crazy. I was serving like drinks till four, four in the morning and I was just fed up with it. Mm -hmm. I used to go to clubs in New York in the nineties. I was interested in that. that. Um, so I know life then. Yeah. Yeah. I was a tunnel, uh, Webster hall, a limelight guy. So, um, yeah, that was just a little bit after, Actually, Tunnel was right around. I think it was. At, I think all those came a little bit after Life. Life was on uh, on Bleecker and Thompson. I don't know if you remember, but mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. What was uh, so? So let's talk about that. Um, not too much about the bar. This is our Technics podcast about NFTs. So let's, <laughs> so, so let's talk about Shabangers. Right, Shabangers uh, yeah. is your new project. Was what is it all about? You know, what's your role? Well, I so I I kind of delve. I was I mean I was kind of looking out from the outside in uh, in on the crypto thing, and I started getting involved with it like maybe a little over a year ago, and um, and then I follow I follow I have two two guys that I'm really fond of that I follow Gary V and Tom Bilyeu and they started talking NFTs, NFTs, NFTs. And I was like, what the heck's an NFT? So, and just like everybody, when we first heard it, probably, and then we found out what it was and like, and then immediately as an artist and a creator, your, my brain goes to, okay, well, wait a minute. I've got this library of images. And, and I was like, well, well maybe I could sell Maybe I can make NFTs out of them. I was like, but then I'm thinking, I'm a portrait guy. Like I, I really value my clientele and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to take this picture. Like I'm sitting in my, in my studio, I got a picture of Sophia Vergara sitting in front of me right now. I'm not going to take that picture and sell it. Like, unless even if I had, I don't, even if I had a model release, you know, from Sophia saying that I owned it and I could do whatever I want with it, I still wouldn't want to sell it as an NFT without her getting behind it. You know? So I was like, I'm not going to go ask every one of my clients, if I can get into this, you know, use their image to sell as an NFT. So when Vadim Davidov is, is my, my partner in this, in this thing came to me, he said, look, there's no photographers doing a collectible. There's no collection out there. There's nothing like that. Let's get an artist. Let's create something. And you've got the community and the, and the, and, and you could build something with this and you can have people get involved with this with you and then build a community in the, in the, in this space and actually create a metaverse. And I was like, what are you talking? Really? I was like, all right, well, I said, I, I, I've been working with the Dean. He's one of my headshot crew associate photographers and he just really dove into the space full force. And I was like, okay, well, 
what do we have to do? He goes, well, I got to get a team together. I got to find an artist and I got to show you some artwork and see if you like it. So he found Sergey in, in the Ukraine and Sergey showed me like the first thing he showed me, I was like, are you kidding me? And it's just a figure with like a camera on its head, but this is the coolest figure with a camera on its head that I ever saw. So I was like, I'm not one of those guys that collected, you know, baseball cards or did anything like that all my life. But I was like, as, as a photographer, I was like, we collect cameras, you know, and I have a bunch of old cameras and they're sitting around and stuff. So I, when I saw this, he put a bunch of old cameras on their heads and stuff like that. I was like, these are cool and they're unique. And, and I, and I love them and I can stand behind this. So Vadim says, well, what are we going to call them? And I was like, I don't know. I got to think about it. And then it came to me. Um, so what happened was I have this YouTube channel and I put this, I, and I never even used it. And then I just put, I took my iPhone years ago. I don't even remember what year it was. And my, and my YouTube channel is not that busy anyway, but I took my iPhone and I was like, let me give, let me do a video with just one tip of what I do when I'm, when I'm shooting my clients. And it, and I called it, it's all about the jaw. And in that video, it went viral. It's got like 5 million views. They put me on good morning America talking about this. It was amazing. But, um, in that video, I show a, a girl where she's got like kind of a double chin and then she pulls her chin out and, and she looks gorgeous and it's a huge difference. And I yell shebang. So in the video, and I guess I yelled it loud enough that, that everybody at that moment in the video freaks out. So now anywhere I go in the world, people just yell shebang at me. And I, you know, I speak for Ken. I go to all these photo conferences and all the photographers yell shebang. I got sick of saying shebang, but the, my marketing guy was like, you can't, you're stuck with it now. You got to say it. I was going down 7th Avenue on a bike past, like through an intersection, past a cop. And the guy yells, I, I'm on a bike. And the guy's like, shebang. I was like, I stopped. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I'm a photographer. I was like, oh my gosh. Like stuff like that happens. So I just said to Vadim, I was like, let's call them shebangers. That's cool. So, and I was like, get rid of the E, make it shorter. So it's shebangers without an E at the end. And shebang has an A, so it's S-H-A-B-A-N-G-R-S. And um, .com is our, is our site. And, you know, we just dropped them, and, and there's an early access sale going on as we speak, actually, for an hour. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so that's a, that's a great story. Uh, what, what, so, so what, what has been, um, what has been and continues to be your inspiration, you know, in your photography niche, you know, like how do you envision like your future? Um, especially since the landscape, you know, has dramatically changed recently. I mean, I, talk about this with photography. I just feel lucky that I picked up a camera and was able to raise kids in New York city and have a studio and make it work and everything, especially even through the pandemic, you know, holding onto a studio through that was tough. And my landlord, luckily he was a photographer and he helped me out. So, um, that was cool. But, you know, having the, there's only so many people I could shoot, you know, and, and have walked through my studio and get in front of my camera. So, I coach my community and talk about multiple sources of income like crazy. So I'm like, this is so huge to be able to, you know, create an income stream for yourself. That's not only 
relying upon uh, as a portrait photographer having a human in front of my camera every day. So, you know, NFTs are a huge part of that for the photo community. So I'm kind of spearheading this and saying, let me get you guys into this and, and, and then figure out how you could potentially, you know, get your work up here. And now I'm getting inundated with emails and people asking and, and my community's fired up about learning about, you know, they got to, got to fire up some ETH and get it going and all that stuff. Um, so that part of it is, is very intriguing to me. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, what drives crypto adoption is, you know, the role of the community. You know, how do you see the role of the community in Shebangers and how would you describe the identity of your community in specific? I mean, my community, in terms of my following online and what I what I've created there, um, you know, it's a lot of photographers. Obviously, I mean, most people follow me are photographers, but um, specifically portrait photographers and photographers if they are looking for adding a headshot component to their work. I mean, that's what I'm known for. But my thing is really about, you know, I've always tried to convey to every human out there. That the, I did a TEDx talk and I and I get into this that one of my and my purpose I think on the planet has to do with making pe people feel better about themselves and their appearance because I think as a society we're fault based and we just you know we see our flaws and I I've never had anybody walk into my studio and go Peter this is your lucky day I'm gorgeous my hair's perfect this skin is unbelievable just take my picture it'll be easy for you you know everybody walks in and is like damn I should have gotten more sleep. I don't want to get anywhere near that camera. I got bags under my eyes. I should have lost 10 pounds. So for me, it's about education and educating people that there is beauty inside them. Let me show it to you. And a lot of people have a bad rap with that because they've either, you know, taking crappy selfies or they don't feel good about their appearance in general. Some people don't care about their appearance as much as others. Some people really care about it and go nuts. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting how different each individual's relationship is with their appearance. So I'm digging into that and looking at facial expressions. I actually call myself a facial conveyance strategist more than anything else. I don't want to feel like more of that than a photographer. What is the person conveying to the camera when they look in it? Because what happens is the camera like is like ripping a bandaid off. Like most people don't know what to do. And as a model, I didn't know what to do. So I've felt exactly what these people in front of my camera are feeling. And my job is just to, just to pull the best out of them and teach them how to be comfortable in that space and then allow their personality to come through instead of letting the camera stifle it. And so that's what I work on every day in here. And that's the message I spread out to photographers who I speak to um, you know, around the world. And, uh, and I've created a couple businesses around that. One that I'm working with right now is called Headshot Booker, and it's a it's a booking agency for companies that need uh, standardized headshots globally. So we ju I just had a job while I was doing my job yesterday where I shot four people here in New York, but we at the same time I had somebody shooting in Philadelphia, somebody shooting in London, um, and for for this huge global company. So we're doing that kind of thing, utilizing my network of photographers to get this done. And I think I'm the only game doing it right now. So these companies are finding us and, and it's great because I coach all the people so I can call a photographer in actually the other guy was in Berlin is shooting on, uh, on Friday. So I can, and I have this network that I utilize to do that. 
So I'm kind of like trying to guide them all into this NFT crypto space. And, and, and everybody's like, kind of like, like you wouldn't, I'm on these zooms and they're like, I can't get my Ethereum from, from Coinbase to MetaMask. And I'm like, okay, that's something where I, I'm not, that's, we're going to have to figure that out for you, but I can't do it right now. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of stuff that's going on, which is kind of cool that it's all so new for everybody, you know? Yeah, that's the area I'm good at. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not so good at having pictures taken of me, so we can talk about that offline. Um, so um, let's talk about the NFTs, right? NFTs uh, recently have been like running wild, like the ICOs were in 2017, like they're everywhere. Um, just because we can all do an NFT or create an NFT, that doesn't mean that we should, right? Um, how does one navigate all the noise, all the activity, all the barriers are out there, you know, uh, to reach the actual creators and, um, what, and like, what should be NFT use cases? Well, I mean, there's so much craziness and hype going on right now. So where it goes and what happens with it, you know, we really don't know right now. And I think... I think whenever there's hype like this, people get excited, and then you know, eventually, the companies or the or the artists that actually have some juice remain, and the and the rest falls by the wayside. So, I think right now it's it's a fun terrain just for people to get in and look around. And I think the investment that people are making into NFTs, like the people that are purchasing them, um, are taking you know a risk at you know, especially the ones that are going, I mean, I don't understand it all, right, with the board apes and the and the crypto punks and these kinds of things. Um, but, hey, it's hot right now. So there's people banging their heads against the wall that they didn't buy that thing when they could have, you know. So it, who knows where it's going. And I think since it's such new terrain, I think, I mean, the way that I've always looked at things is there's no risk, there's no reward, right, if you're not getting into something. So I think everybody knows getting in or they should know that there's they're they're risking like if they're spending x amount of dollars on something or or eth or whatever they you know there's a huge risk there but there's also a massive reward and and if you're a creator that's putting this stuff out there and then you know i mean i think it can be shocking you know how much people value what's what's what you've created with these numbers that are happening right at this moment. Now, if that continues, Hey, that's pretty impressive. And, and, you know, to have more control through decentralization and stuff like that for artists, I think it's, I think it's cool and, and global too. Like you're not limited. I don't have to go to a company and like give them my artwork and then try and sell it in a small market. It's a global, global thing. And, um, you know, using social to get the word out there and stuff like that's cool too, I think. So aside from the money, because blockchain has been known to be either the way you look at it, banking for the unbanked or unbanking for the bank, right? Um, and, and opportunities for the disenfranchised uh, is a voice for the voiceless. That's not talked about enough, is the voice as a voice for the voiceless. How do you as an artist, you know, help your clients with being, having a voice, however that looks, through their expression or however you want to see it, 
and how can you help them to create um, further opportunities through these entities? I mean, I'm I'm creating. Well, I've got two. I guess I got a couple clients. One is one is a are my photography clients of the photographers who come to me looking for education and how to make a business out of uh, you know a portrait business. And for those those guys, I'm like, look, we're got to get into this space if we if we can create something. They can they can thrive in this space, and you can show off your work that way. But you have to have a, a buyer if you're gonna you know make an income off this, and have that as as one of your sources of income. For the people I photograph, it's 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 totally different because I'm doing personal branding images for them. You know, I actually just started. This is the craziest thing. I just I had a lawyer come in for pictures, and. Uh, and he brought all this casual stuff with him. And I'm like, he's like, I'm doing pictures for my website. I was like, okay, you're a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. And he's like, I was like, well, what are the jeans and the t-shirts and all this? What is it? He goes, well, I want to ask you, Hey, while I'm doing, once we go through the website stuff, can you do some stuff for the, for the, for the dating apps? And I was like, sure. Game on. Let's go. Let's see what you got. He's like, I got recently divorced. I'm like, okay. So I, I started, and uh, I shot, I shot this guy. Anyway, went out and he, he was on the apps and he posted on the apps and he calls me and he goes, "You don't understand." He goes, "I never got anything before. I put your pictures and it was like twenty times, it's like a full time job now because of you." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "No." So the next guy comes in and you know I did the same thing and it's the same response. So I had this one uh, client of mine, long term client, and he's a media guy and he came in and he had the same response and he's like, he's like, dude. We got to do, this is crazy. We have to do a business with this. So I'm now, you know, using my network of photographers to start to do a, a business where we're, we're concentrating on dating profiles. So my clientele, it's really about making them look good, having a good experience in front of the camera and capturing something that they never had before because most people aren't in front of professional cameras and potentially, if they are, they weren't coached well, so they might have gotten a crappy picture. So they think very low. Their 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 ability, their level of how photogenic they are to them is so low. Meanwhile, people come into me, and I'm like, "No, you let me show you how to do this." And then and then you know we amp them up. So you know whether that you know how that turns into you know I mean that's really my is the basis of why I'm a photographer and and what I do. So everything I do. So, um, how that translates into me getting into NFTs, it's just because, because of my ability to do that, I grew a following and people want to find out how to do it. And I teach them. And now since I have a, this following and I'm, and I'm out there, it allowed me the ability to, to create this thing in this new market, which is super exciting. So it's just kind of what's going on. So, Dating on the blockchain, or dating at dating dating profile, and how would that look? Like how? I'm just trying to think about that. You know, I'm married. I'm out in the I'm out in the game. Uh, you know, for dating, but that might be an interesting use case for the blockchain. I wonder. Somebody would probably figure that out. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. So. So what? So that would that would be like differentiation. And then my question about differentiation is this. 
what differentiates you and other artists and how would a hobbyist know, you know, um, that you're the real deal and other people in the NFT that are photographers are the real deal or not um, as far as differentiation? Well, I mean, my, and, and this goes without saying, because I, I, I am the only photographer I know of, at least that Vadim told me, so I'm going off of what he said, that has created a collection. So I'm the first one that that's not my work. It's an artist's work that I'm standing behind and I'm and I'm using using his work as as this collection of characters that we're creating this metaverse around. Um so I don't feel like I'm one of those talented fine art photographers that's gonna have uh a huge explosion into this NFT thing. Now I've talked to some I was texting with Tyler Shields, who's a friend of mine, and he did very well when he dropped some NFTs. But he's super fine art. That's what he does. That's all he does, like getting in front of his camera. So everything is super um, thought out, and, and like he curates his work through, you know, and has, has these huge shoots and everything. I have somebody walk to my door, walk in front of my camera, I take a few shots and they leave, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm good at what I do, but, but uh, I'm not at that level of these, these creators. Um, and I don't, I don't ever want to tout myself as that. However, um, to have the following I have in the community, I have of photographers that, that respect me and, and, you know, work with me um because i what i do is it's a i have a referral program where i where i hire photographers and i dole out jobs to them globally so um photographers are making money off the the things i've created already so that you know makes me feel like this collectible you know shebangers deal is uh is cool because they're they're getting involved because they've gotten involved with me before and been successful at other in other areas. So this is just something new and and it and like I said, it's new territory for everybody. So it's I it's it's kinda it's amazing for me to be doing stuff like this and talking on a podcast about this kind of stuff. I just got off another uh, interview with Rangefinder magazine and popular photography pop photo did a story on me the other day. So all about this. So for me, I'm used to being having stories and being interviewed about my photography. And now it's about a collectible that I made as an NFT. I feel like a fish out of water. This is crazy. You know? So I, I appreciate, I appreciate you taking my interview. This is, this is good. Um, and you know, I want to, I, I do audio podcasts, right? Cause I'm one of those guys. It doesn't feel comfortable like being in front of the camera. Right. For those mm -hmm. people who don't feel comfortable being in front of the camera, knowing that we're moving toward, you know, the web three and, and online and everything, what words of encouragement or advice would you give them, um, including me, you know, to maybe get a, maybe get a headshot. And so, especially those of us who don't feel that we're aesthetically pleasing as others. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple things. One is you got to work with what you got. You know, you didn't pick your parents. You fired up onto this planet looking the way you do because of them and that, and you had nothing to do with it. So get over it, you know, and that's hard for people to take when I say that. But that's one thing. Second thing, you could do best with what you, what you have. So finding the right side of your face, looking at your facial expression, seeing what you're conveying. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with the aging process. And some people feel like they, you know, they're aging poorly or they're aging great. Some people are comfortable in front of the camera. Some people aren't. 
Um, but also, are you in shape? What kind of shape are you in your life? But I always tell people, like, you should have a favorite picture of yourself over the course of your life. And what is it? Like, if right now you thought in your brain, and I don't care if you're seven years old in your father's arms or something, but whatever the picture is, I would say you kind of have a favorite picture of yourself. And then your, your significant people in your life want pictures of you and to see you. Like, if somebody changes their profile picture somewhere, it gets more likes than anything else they could even post. That's just the nature of it. People care more about their appearance than other people. Like that, like like the other people care about your appearance. You might be like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me," but that's that's what's going down. So, I I also like the Eleanor Roosevelt quote. It, it goes something like this: "It goes, you're you're the oldest you've ever been and the youngest you'll ever be again." And I'm like, you know, get that captured. Also, when people run out of burning buildings, you know what they grab? They grab pictures. I mean, this is history, you know? You you document it. You know, it's it's a little morbid, but my pictures are used for obituaries all the time. And the way I look at it is I had the opportunity to capture that human being while they were on the planet, you know? And that family or those people or whoever it was, used it for that purpose that's huge and uh that's one of the reasons why i like to capture everybody that i can and if i teach them how to look better when they're in front of cameras i did something so that's kind of my purpose my purpose is really just to have people have a skip in their step from walking out from being in front of my camera with the little knowledge that they're more attractive or better looking or feel better about their appearance because they've they've been with me and that's what it's about awesome thank you so I have one final question. I want to thank you for your time today. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope to be in your studio one day. Um, and my last question is this. How can people find out more information about you, about Shebangers, about what you do, and maybe get a headshot from you? I think the best way is probably my Instagram, Peter underscore Hurley. Um, usually in my link tree, I link to everything. So you got Shebangers, you got my headshot crew, which is my coaching program. And there you can find a photographer globally through the find a photographer link. So if you guys are listening and you're not in New York city and you, you don't have the bucks to jump into my kind of operation, cause I'm like at the top of the game for this thing and I'm proud of it, but, um, I'd be happy to photograph anybody, but, um, I think Instagram, probably the Peter underscore her, my, my website's peterhurley.com. And you can find stuff there. Shebangers is shebangers.com. But I think the easiest way is definitely uh, the Peter underscore Hurley on Instagram. Thank you very much for your time today. Awesome. Jamil, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.